0: my goodness, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler, this is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 540, and in just a minute I want to talk about the biggest story in sports, in my opinion right now, the one that's gotten me captivated and excited, but I first feel like I need to uh, address maybe the elephant in the room, literally the curtains behind me, the, the studio I'm in, Um I went on kind of a journey of personal growth recently, and it was very difficult. I think anytime you're working on yourself, it is very tough and very hard. Um, and I'll talk about it in six to seven months. We'll address it at some point. Um, but just to give you guys peace of mind, I'm back in Hawaii. I'm living in an apartment. I've got a roommate. My roommate's probably listening to this right now, trying not to laugh. Um, and so I got this you know, kind of first day at a New job type of feeling. I'm a bit nervous, but I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. And uh, I just want to say I'm back. Good to see you guys. Hope you're doing well. I am happy to be here. I cannot wait to talk about sports and talk about football. And uh, it's worth noting, too, I have this in my notes to mention at the beginning. Uh, tomorrow is the 4th of July, so please don't blow your hands off. I know that um, that happens from time to time, especially in the sports world. So be safe, be smart, and uh, take care of your hands this weekend. Now, the most exciting story in the football world for this upcoming football season, to me, is that Aaron Rodgers is now the quarterback of the New York Jets. I cannot wait to see what happens with this story. He got traded from Green Bay in April to New York, and I th- I think it's going to be awesome. I think he's going to do really well. I think the Jets are going to be fun to watch and exciting and maybe make the playoffs, but it's good or bad, it's going to be very, very interesting. It's going to be the most exciting thing to happen all year in the football world. And to me, Aaron Rodgers is a person who is often misunderstood. People don't get him. People hate him. Um, He's been a great villain for the NFL. The NFL needs villains. The NFL needs people to not like. Usually it's the refs or the NFL commissioner, but also often the person who takes on that role has been, in fact, Aaron Rodgers. And so I love that. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see what happens. But um, I I think another aspect of this that's really exciting is we're going to get to see Aaron Rodgers free of the Green Bay Packers. He was there for years and years and years. And I don't mean to hate on Green Bay or Wisconsin, but we, we do have to acknowledge that Wisconsin, Green Bay, they don't change. They're not very... Aggressive. Um, They don't go get a lot of free agents. I think Aaron Rodgers was tired of being there, tired of um, their their leadership structure, tired of the fact they don't have an aggressive owner because they don't have an owner at all, the the fans actually own the team. And so I'm excited to see Aaron Rodgers a bit unshackled, maybe is the word, from the Green Bay Packers and free to go be aggressive and go get players and be the superstar that he is without the overbearing weight of hey, that's not the Packer way. That's not how we do things. Now, one thing I'm, I'm really, really interested in for Aaron Rodgers in New York is how he's going to handle the media because, you know, the, the one thing about Green Bay that I think he benefited from is their media is, they, they're playing cupcake games. They are not at all aggressive. They're not going to ask tough questions. They are not going to challenge you. He is going to be challenged a lot in New York. They're going to ask him tough questions. After a big loss, No one's going to be scared of losing access. They're going to just go right for, you know, the jugular and ask a really tough question. How does he handle that? How does he handle um, the loaded intensity of the New York media? I think he's going to do very well. I think he's going to be himself and for better or worse. But I I don't see him having some crazy meltdown or getting mad at people. However, it's still a narrative worth watching to kind of follow as time goes on. How does Aaron Rodgers handle the... Not only the prickly media in New York, but the downright aggressive and in-your-face and very, very unafraid of your superstar power. There's stars everywhere in New York. They don't care. They're going to go. In fact, even though there's stars in LA, the New York media, New York, Philly, I would say Dallas, but really Boston, New York, and Philly are the three media markets that are probably the most aggressive, going to ask you the toughest questions, going to play hardball with you. I think it's awesome that we're going to get this superstar player, Aaron Rodgers, in this really fun environment in New York. I cannot wait to see it. Now, I kind of expect, you know, the word renaissance is really talking about the revival of the arts uh, a long time ago in ancient history. But I I, I kind of believe we're going to see a renaissance of Aaron Rodgers. We're going to see Aaron Rodgers unshackled from Green Bay, a little more free, and I I think he's going to be outstanding, really fun to watch, play really, really well. And another thing that's cool about this is it's an opportunity for him to lead young guys. It's an opportunity for leadership. He was already established when Matt LaFleur became the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, his former head coach. And he was there so long, he was like an institution in Green Bay. But there was still a bit of, you know – This I I think a bit of, how do I even put this, awkwardness maybe between the leadership of the Packers, mostly Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, and Aaron Rodgers with, hey, I'd like things done this way and Green Bay saying, no, we don't really want to change to do it this other way. I think with New York, trading for Aaron Rodgers, him going there, it's an opportunity for Aaron to kind of be the top dog. Not that he wasn't already. But a little more free for that and a little more opportunity for him to do things his way and not be fighting with leadership, not be fighting with the general manager, not be fighting with this guy or that guy to say, hey, I want to do it my way. And the Jets opted into this. They chose him. They chose to work with him. And they're going to say, yeah, what can we do to support you and give you the things you need and allow you to lead the way you want to lead? There's a lot of young players in New York that I think are excited to work with Aaron Rodgers and are going to learn a lot from working with him. I don't know, man. I'm curious what you guys think, whether you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a home run or kind of a flop in in New York. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. But I am personally, whether he wins or loses, very excited to see what happens. And I think he's going to win. I think he's going to be awesome. And I don't know that they're like a Super Bowl team. But I do think the Jets are a playoff team, and like who else is going to win? I, I, Buffalo have my concerns about with their head coach. Um, you know, they just extended their head coach, and it's like, okay, the Bills are not aggressive. They don't want to do anything. They're very happy with what they've been doing and don't appear to be trying to make changes to get even farther down the road. Miami's exciting, but their quarterback situation is tenuous. Um, is anyone threatened by the Patriots? I think the Jets are like Buffalo is a team to beat in that division. But the Jets have a very strong opportunity here to make noise and maybe even win the division. I cannot wait to see Aaron Rodgers playing for the New York Jets. By the way, if I said Packers at any point when I meant Jets, I think it's just from, it's like 16, 17 years of Aaron Rodgers being in Green Bay. It's hard to, it's, it's actually, it's cool he's still going to wear green, but it's really hard to imagine him not in the green and gold, whatever color yellow uniform that is in the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see him in a Jets uniform, but it's going to be a bit like, whoa, that's a different look. That's a new look. You also have to acknowledge, by the way, the, the funny parallel between last time the J- Packers lost a quarterback, it was Brett Favre. He, he left the Packers and went to, guess who, the New York Jets. That didn't go very well. I... I don't know. I don't know why it's going to, I don't imagine history repeating itself and seeing Aaron Rodgers struggle the way Brett Favre did with with the Jets. That's a very different Jets organization. That's a very different quarterback. It's just not a, I know there's a coincidence that like, oh my gosh, can you believe another Packers quarterback after this long amount of time went to the Jets? I understand there's a bit of repeated history here, but I think that's where repeated history is going to end is, oh, this coincidence that they both went to the same place. Other than that, these are very, very different situations with different players and organizations that are in very, that are in very, very different spots when it comes to winning. Now, the other person I, I think is worth acknowledging in the Aaron Rodgers trade from Green Bay to New York is the Jets' former starting quarterback, Zach Wilson, uh, former number three overall pick. No, sorry, number two overall pick. Excuse me, it was Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, then Trey Lance, and we will see how Trey Lance works out. I, oh boy. Um, But when I think about Zach Wilson, here's the comparison I want to make. Um, Earlier this spring, I did an HVAC apprenticeship. I was installing air conditioner units, and I loved it. It was great, um, but it was also tough and challenging. And one of the biggest challenges of that time was there was this 59-year-old guy named Kevin I worked with. And, uh, you know, Kevin had been doing HVAC for over 40 years. This guy's entire life had been installing air conditioning units, the most exciting job you can ever imagine. Um, But he was this grizzled old veteran who had a very, very gruff way of communicating. And uh, at first, I I really didn't like him. I I really hated working with this guy, Kevin. Uh, But the more I got to know him, the more I realized how much knowledge and value he brought to the table. And I went from not liking him to once I could learn to listen to him and communicate with him and his style that worked for him. Oh, my gosh. The guy was just a treasure trove of knowledge. He had so much to offer and help teach me. And he very quickly, I got my license in a month and a half. Big part of that's because of Kevin. Kevin's knowledge he was willing to impart onto me. And... What I'm I'm trying to get at here is that when you've got a young guy who is willing to learn, willing to listen, and wants to emulate as much as you can, the young guy can learn a lot really quickly. That is what I see potentially happening with Zach Wilson sitting behind Aaron Rodgers on the Jets roster. Zach Wilson's 23 years old. He is a baby in the world of not only like the professional world. You look around like, hey, 23 is really young. It's also even young for NFL quarterbacks. He has still got a lot of years ahead of him in the NFL. He's very, very talented. He loves football. He loves learning. It's no secret in BYU, like, he was talking about studying Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. Like, he loves Aaron Rodgers. He grew up trying to emulate that guy. Now he's sitting behind him. And Zach Wilson was a day one starter his rookie year. He's never really had any opportunity to sit and learn behind a really, really good veteran quarterback. We're going to see a lot. With Jordan Love is going to be the Packers quarterback this year in Green Bay. He sat behind Aaron Rodgers for two years. And we will see what he might have learned from Aaron Rodgers in that time. But I, 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 a lot of people are kind of discarding Zach Wilson. He's garbage. Should the Jets trade him? Should they move on? Look, I, what I know about Aaron Rodgers is that there was a lot of conversation about, hey, he might retire. We weren't sure if he was going to go to the Jets or walk away from football entirely. He's still capable. He can still play. Does he want to play is a question. So he's thought about retirement. I guarantee you. And he's not the youngest guy in the world either. So there's this looming threat. Hey, Aaron could retire in a couple of years. I I am not ready to emotionally give up on Zach Wilson. I'm not like... Oh, he's going to be amazing. He's going to be a superstar quarterback. But I just, let's throw a little nugget out there. I see this young quarterback, Zach Wilson, 23 years old, loves to learn, loves football. Now gets the opportunity to sit behind the depth chart on one of his idols growing up. A guy who Aaron is so dang good. And when you're a rookie quarterback who doesn't really have a veteran in the locker room, it's hard to know what you don't know. There is a lot of knowledge Aaron Rodgers has that Zach Wilson just would not have an opportunity to learn other than by watching him operate. And so I just would say keep your eye on Zach Wilson. Two, three years from now, whenever, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or maybe um, Aaron Rodgers retires in two, three years, I just am not ready to say Zach Wilson's a bum, throw him on the street, he's garbage and awful. I just, a lot of people are doing that and I... (laughs) I don't know why he can't sit for a couple of years and learn behind a really, really incredible quarterback um, and maybe get better. I just, for some reason, we act like people can't improve. Like, you are what you are from day one. If day one you don't work, you'll never succeed. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That could not be farther from the truth. Um, a great example of that is Tom Brady. Tom Brady did nothing for the first little bit of time in the NFL. And then when he got his opportunity, he ran with it. And he got better as years went on. Don't try to tell me Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady was the same quarterback at the end of his career as he was his first year starting with the Patriots. He got way better as time went on. And I don't know why Zach Wilson can't get better. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks over the years improve and grow as people and grow as players. Look at Jalen Hurts as a prime example. Jalen Hurts just got paid $255 million this offseason. That's a guy who a couple of years ago lost his job as a starting quarterback at Alabama. That's the same person. So don't tell me that Zach Wilson can't become a better quarterback as time goes on. And I think what might trigger that improvement and growth is years sitting behind one of the best quarterbacks ever to do it, Aaron Rodgers. Now, uh, what about Green Bay? The Green Bay Packers' new QB1 is Jordan Love, former first-round pick, uh, was drafted actually in the same first round that Zach Wilson was drafted just way later. A lot of consternation, a lot of anger. Why would the Packers draft a quarterback? They should have drafted a receiver. They already had Aaron Rodgers. Well, this is why. Uh, Because Aaron Rodgers left. He was older. He kind of wanted out anyway. The signs were kind of already there. So now, in year three, Jordan Love is the starting quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Actually, thank goodness the Packers drafted a quarterback back then because they needed someone to replace Aaron Rodgers when that day would come. I don't think... Aaron Rodgers just left because he didn't like having Jordan Love drafted. That's There's so much more going on here. The Packers thought coming. They needed a replacement. They did the due diligence of preparing for the day Aaron Rodgers left. Now, Jordan Love, he is going to be solid, fine. Not, I don't think, amazing this year. He could be amazing a couple years from now, maybe next year. But it's year one of him starting as an NFL quarterback. He's Uh, only thrown 83 passes in his entire NFL career. He's played in 10 games. In two of those games, he didn't even throw a single pass. He's got three touchdowns, three picks. Jordan Love is not incredibly experienced, other than he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for a long time and learned and knows that offense really well. But he is talented. I mean, gosh, when he was... Coming out of the NFL draft, I was comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. I was like, dude, this guy's arm talent is amazing. And I I do think there's a really talented player at the QB1 position with Jordan Love in Green Bay. On offense, they've got Christian Watson to throw to. They've got to be young uh, second-year receiver, Romeo Dobbs. uh, Jaden Reed, a rookie second-round pick out of Michigan State. Some people call him a reach. I'm interested in Jaden Reed. How does he do? I, I like some of the stuff he did at Michigan State. But the overall vibe in Green Bay is that this is a young offense and a team that is rebuilding and growing and trying to find their footing. I would be very, very surprised if the Green Bay Packers won their division. But I do expect a young team that's fun to watch and is going to give Packers fans a couple moments here and there that are are like, oh, wow, nice. A couple key wins, a couple good stuff. Not like the best year ever. Definitely it's a rebuilding year. But I feel, you know, my dad was talking to me the other day. He's like, what do you think is going to happen with Jordan Love? I'm like, I think he's going to be fine. Not amazing. Not like all pro MVP level. Not Aaron Rodgers for sure. But he's a capable starting quarterback. And I think in time, he can grow into the position to be exactly what they need um, and eventually be a capable replacement of Aaron Rodgers. Give it time. Be patient. Year one's going to be up and down, but... I don't think he's going to be God awful or anything. I think Jordan Love in time is going to work out just fine and be totally awesome. Now I want to read a quote. You um, kind of, the I would imagine in the sports world today, um, the, the big story circulating is this quote from Travis Kelsey. One that I love uh, Travis Qu- Kelsey. Let me open it. He told vanity fair. He said, uh, and he was talking about how much he gets paid. You know, there are, he's a tight end and, a lot of other tight ends around the NFL get paid more than him. Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs tight end, said this. My managers and agents love to tell me how underpaid I am. When I saw Tyreek go and get $30 million a year, in the back of my head, I was like, man, that's two or three times what I'm making right now. That's what he told Vanity Fair. He also continues and said, I'm like the free market looks, I'm like, the free market looks fun until you go somewhere and you don't win. I love winning. I love the situation I'm in. And I really, really love and admire. Admire this approach so very much. Because quality of life matters. And how many times have we seen an NFL player take the money and lose and not have a good life? Not have fun. I, 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 we're watching Travis Kelsey come off of winning a Super Bowl, wear an, another ring, and money-wise, he is not the first on any metric uh, for tight ends. You know, like the longest contract length in the NFL right now for a tight end is George Kittle of five years. Um, you know, most total money guaranteed, George Kittle, $40 million. Largest contract value, George Kittle, $75 million. Most total cash, Dallas Goddard, $4.2 million. Uh, George Kittle, largest cap it, $18 million. Uh, I'm looking at this, this thing right now. Contract AAV, I have never heard of that stat, but apparently Darren Waller is getting $17 million, whatever that means. So by any way you measure the metrics for tight ends, there's not a single one where Travis Kelsey is the highest paid. Although I would argue he's probably the best. Him or George Kittle, who is the highest paid for most metrics. But I, I like that Travis Kelsey has a self-awareness deal. Look, I got a good situation. I'm making really good money and I'm winning. I'm having fun. And part of what winning and having fun and being one of the best at your position does is you're getting a lot of media opportunities. How many times have we seen Travis Kelsey on TV? Partially just because he's in Kansas City. He's playing in the Super Bowl a couple times now. He's in playoff games. He's in primetime. And part of that also leads to, I see Travis Kelsey in commercials everywhere. So if you win, you're going to get more financial opportunities off of the field. So I don't think Travis Kelsey is ultimately losing out on money he could be making. Otherwise, he's just making it up in different ways and having a fun time winning while doing that. So a um, little shout out to Travis Kelsey. I love that quote. I love that approach. Uh, I think that's awesome. Now, another quarterback who switched teams this offseason, a guy who I, I would be shocked if anybody's really talking about this young quarterback, but it's one that I, um, I, I love this move. It's a very underrated Very quiet, sliding right under the radar move. Uh, Former Jets quarterback Mike White signed a two-year deal worth $8 million with the Miami Dolphins. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Why is this important? Mike White is now the backup quarterback of the Dolphins. Like, Zach, why do you care? It's a backup quarterback. He's just some guy. And that's true. Um, I I would also point out that last year, you know, he threw for— over 300 yards twice um, as a backup. In 2021, he threw for 405 yards and beat the Bengals who went on to appear in the Super Bowl that year. So I've seen Mike White have really good games a couple times in his career. And that was while playing for the New York Jets. The Jets who did not have a lot of firepower, did not have a lot of talent in their locker room. Now he's in Miami. He's still the backup, but Miami's got Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, a really good offense. They're going to run the ball well. Mike McDaniels calling plays. I love that. And here's the really important thing. Yes, Mike White is the backup in Miami. But let's be honest about what's happening there. I love their starting quarterback, Tua. I live in Hawaii. Uh, Tua is my favorite. Like, I can separate what I want to happen from what I think will happen. What I want is for Tua to become the best quarterback in NFL history, win multiple MVPs, multiple Super Bowls, but that's wishful thinking. When I'm honest about Tua... With myself, I say that it's not if Tua gets hurt and misses time, it's when Tua gets hurt and misses games next year in the NFL. Mike White's gonna be ready. And Mike White has shown the ability to play at a high level in the past. And that was on the Jets with a bad team around him. I actually think that if Tua gets hurt next year, he might lose his job to Mike White. That's how confident I am that Mike White's gonna be successful playing in Mike McDaniel's offense, throwing to Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, handing the ball off, running the ball really well. I really, really think Mike White is maybe one of the steals of the year when you look around the NFL because he's a player getting paid $4 million a year who's going to make a big impact and I think is going to be playing a lot on Sundays the next couple of years in Miami because it history shows Tua just can't stay healthy. Maybe Tua makes a change and starts sliding, starts taking care of himself, stops putting himself in harm's way. But I've been waiting for that for years for Tua to learn, hey, you got to slide. You got to get down. You can't hold on to the ball too long. He doesn't appear to be able to do that. And he's gotten a lot of concussions. So it's not if, but when Tua gets hurt, Mike White, stay ready, my friend. I think you're going to get an opportunity. And I think Mike White could be outstanding when he does get that opportunity. I am very, very excited to see what happens with Mike White in Miami as the, you know, wink and a nod backup quarterback for now for the Dolphins. Now, uh, Derek Carr went to the New Orleans Saints. He is a new Saints QB1. Derek Carr got a, I don't know ludicrous is the right word here, got a really big contract, four years, $150 million. Um, I would be surprised if Derek Carr... I'm surprised. I'm I'm curious whether or not Derek Carr is going to make it to the end of that four-year, 150 million dollar deal. I think it's in place to say, "Hey, look, we believe in you. If you play well, we'll keep you." Um, But it's still an audition, and like the last year of the contract, basically is totally easy to void. So, um, I, I am I'm not sure what's going to happen with Derek Carr in New Orleans, but I'm hopeful. And what I think is going to happen is different from what I'm hoping happens. I hope Derek Carr does really, really well. I think the team could do fairly well even without Derek Carr. There's some good pieces in New Orleans. And I view Derek Carr very similar to how I view Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, where he's a guy that seems like a great person. I love him as a, as a human, but he's a mediocre quarterback. Can we be honest about that? I watched every game Derek Carr played last year. I, I did it. I was working on a film analysis like in February and I was pulling my hair out just like, is this guy ever going to be exciting or interesting to watch? And he makes a lot of mistakes. He makes a lot of... And maybe you can blame that on learning a new offense. I don't know. But what I saw last year from Derek Carr was a lot of bad football. But also, at times, some really good football. Up and down and up and down. And I, I have my eye on what's going to happen in New Orleans. He's much better than the quarterbacks have had the last couple of years since Drew Brees retired. And, look, maybe... Derek Carr is going to be great because all he needed was a change of scenery. I mean, let's be honest, too, that the Raiders were just a roller coaster the last couple of years. John Gruden out, his best receiver, um, getting taken off the board after getting a DUI and, and, and killing someone in a car crash. I mean, like there is a, a lot of stuff that Derek Carr went through on and off the field as a quarterback of the Raiders. It was a, you know, coaches in and out of there and coming and going. So maybe Derek Carr just needs stability, and with that stability in New Orleans, he can flourish and be awesome. I, I remain skeptical. I'm, I'm hopeful. I like him. But, but here's kind of my prediction for Derek Carr. They're going to win the division this year. He's going to be okay. He's going to leave some room for, you're like, you know, he could have been better in these couple of games, and they're not going to win a Super Bowl. Maybe they win their division. It's possible. There's not a lot going on. In the NFC South, it's probably either Tampa or New Orleans next year, or I guess this this fall. Um, but I think ultimately by his third year in New Orleans, we're going to see, ah, you know what? They've gone about as far as they possibly can with Derek Carr, and they're going to move on and walk away. Maybe it's two years, maybe it's three years. I'm not sure. I don't expect Derek Carr to make it all the way through that four-year $150 million contract. But I do, I do think they're going to be a competitive good team this year. I think it makes them a little bit better. And I I hope I'm wrong. I I hope Derek Carr is awesome and doesn't make boneheaded throws and throw terrible interceptions and really, really uh, can be sharp and awesome. He's capable for sure. He's a really talented player. I would say he's more talented than Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo. But that's kind of the tier of quarterback Derek Carr has been so far. Um, So like, look, again, guy you love, mediocre player, awesome person. I'm rooting for Derek Carr, but I'm not hopeful. I am not at all hopeful now uh baker mayfield hey remember him former number one overall pick who's kind of bounced around a lot of different teams well baker mayfield signed a one-year contract worth four million dollars to go to tampa to be the tampa bay buccaneers starting quarterback it's an audition it's a it's an opportunity for one year to show tampa what he can do and not only show tampa but show the rest of the nfl what he can do And Baker got this opportunity because of how he played with the Rams at the end of last year. He left Carolina, bounced around, didn't really know what to do. And then the Rams starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford, got hurt. Sean McVay, the Rams head coach, was hating life. I think bored out of his mind, just like, I hate playing with backup quarterbacks. I've got no motivation. He was thinking about leaving to go do a broadcasting deal. In comes Baker Mayfield. And I think Sean McVay had so much fun coaching Baker Mayfield, like winning and doing some good stuff. I remember... Vividly watching Baker come in with like, was it like two days of practice or something? Like, some crazy short amount of time. And he beat the Raiders on Thursday night football. And he's throwing to guys he met the day before. And you're like, how is he doing this? It's amazing. It was a really fun story. And one of my favorite games of the year last year was Baker and the Rams beating the Raiders on Thursday night. And watching Derek Carr just implode. play. Just like, oh my gosh, the, the Raiders are a mess. But I, I think that for Baker Mayfield, this is the best possible opportunity he's ever going to find. I mean, a lot of people were talking about how Baker should go to Seattle last offseason. And I was like, Seattle got a bad offensive line. They've got one good receiver, a questionable defense. Of all the places Baker Mayfield could have gone, Tampa is probably the best roster he could possibly have joined. You're throwing to Mike Evans, a, a big, massive six foot five receiver. Chris Godwin, a really good receiver. They've got the same offensive line that blocked for Tom Brady and was awesome. Now, not a perfect offensive line, but certainly capable. you have got a lot of studs on defense. I think this is the best case scenario Baker Mayfield could have possibly landed in. And I am very, very excited to see what happens. I I think it's going to be okay. I think they're going to compete for their division. It's either Tampa or New Orleans that's going to win the NFC South. You know, Carolina's rebuilding. They got a rookie quarterback. Atlanta's got a new quarterback there. Oh, gosh. I I Honestly, I hate watching Atlanta so much. It's not even funny. Watching them run the football 800,000 times a game, and you're like, uh, what? You, you did an entire 14-play drive. You didn't throw the football? I'm impressed. It's not fun to watch, but I'm impressed that you did that. I guess you did that, didn't you? Okay. So the Falcons... um, I don't know. I, can't, I don't think the Falcons are going to win the division scoring, you know, nine points a game with three exciting field goals. But regardless, um, you know, another interesting storyline of Baker Mayfield going to Tampa is that he's going to play his former team Carolina two times next year, or I guess this year. And I don't, how, how do I say this? I have worried in the past that Baker Mayfield is a little bit too emotional. He lets his emotions get the best of him. I played quarterback in high school and college. Uh, When I was at my best is when I was poised and relaxed. And there were times where I would get too fired up. A big rivalry game, I'm like fist bumping. I'm like, you know, going to the crowd, going crazy. And that was not the best version of me. Like I did not make as good a decision when I was riled up. I had to be poised and calm. Baker Mayfield's a different person, but um, we've seen Baker get really emotional at times and do really well in college. But in the NFL so far, the revenge Baker Mayfield, the one that's, pissed off and tough, hasn't been great and hasn't really gotten a lot of revenge. Um, So I'm really curious, those two games, when Tampa plays Carolina twice this fall, how does Baker play and, and how does he act during the game? Is he crazy emotional like a roller coaster or is he even keel and chill and low key and encouraging his guys, but not like screaming at people? I mean, does he even feel like he got screwed over? In in Carolina? Like he he played bad, lost his job. I, I don't know. Like I he was there for such a short amount of time. I, I'm curious what the grudge is like for Baker towards Carolina. But also knowing Baker, he's a player who he receives his motivation from a place of um of anger and frustration. And he's very, very much motivated that way. I'm sure he's drawing off of that. I'm not sure it's helpful for him. But regardless, uh, the Baker-Mayfield experiment. What's going to happen in Tampa this year? Do you think it's going to be good? I think it's going to be good. I'm interested to watch it. And um, I am I'm fascinated to see uh, what his contract situation looks like after this year. Does he play great and get a big deal somewhere? If he's smart, he'll do great and then stay in Tampa with good players around him on a good team. Um You know, do the Travis Kelsey thing and say, hey, I want to win. (laughs) I'll take less money to win, but we'll see. Either way, Baker to Tampa, it's very interesting. And I I, I cannot imagine a better scenario for Baker to have gone to with good receivers, a good offensive line, a good defense, stable coaching. Like, man, Baker won the lottery, basically. And uh, he's in a very enviable situation I think a lot of other quarterbacks would love to be in, being the quarterback for the Buccaneers and having— Stability and good people to work with. Now, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders just signed, just as kind of a, an aggressive word there. Recently, within the last bit of time, signed Jimmy Garoppolo. And this is one that I, I didn't see coming when they got rid of Derek Carr. I was like, man, what are the Raiders going to do at quarterback? I have no idea. And I should have seen this coming. In fact, I kind of can't believe... I didn't expect this to happen because it makes sense. Josh McDaniels is the head coach. Dave Ziegler is the general manager. They both worked with Jimmy Garoppolo in New England. So it's like, oh, yeah, of course there's a connection there. Of course they go get Jimmy Garoppolo. makes sense to me. But I'm also not excited. Jimmy Garoppolo, I've got a video that's been living on my laptop for like over a year now, since this play happened. It's a horrible interception Jimmy Garoppolo throws against the Colts. Like, the ball flutters. It's terrible. You're like, dude, what, what is that? What's happening? And, and, I, and I called the clip on my laptop. It says, why no one wants Jimmy G. <laughs> it's because he's fine. He's not great. He's not awful. He's okay. And there's a great meme I saw going around that said, like, who's stopping Jimmy G to Devontae Adams? This connection's going to be amazing. It's like, who's stopping it? Jimmy Garoppolo is stopping it. He's getting in his own way. (laughs) I love that. I love the skepticism of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Now, Jimmy Garoppolo got a a three-year, $72.75 million contract. That's $45 million fully guaranteed. I guess not. That's $45 million guaranteed. The full contract is $72.75. Regardless, um... We talk about best case scenario for Baker Mayfield. How about best case scenario for Jimmy Garoppolo? His entire life, this is this version of the timeline for Jimmy Garoppolo, is like him. I mean, maybe he turns into Tom Brady. Maybe that's the very best timeline for him. But we're in one of the better timelines possible for the human that is Jimmy Garoppolo. The dude has made so much money. He was born handsome. He was born good enough to be a high-paid quarterback for a lot of different teams, but not quite good enough to actually stick anywhere. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, good for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I can't believe that the Raiders gave him that much money. I mean, it's, it's not the, a, a crazy amount of money, but it's certainly like, oh, more, more for Jimmy G. Okay. That dude has been paid a lot of money in his NFL career and done some big stuff, but not like won anything really, other than I mean, he's lost the Super Bowl. Like, woo okay. So, you know, it's, Jimmy Garoppolo is cheaper than Derek Carr. I think they have a, a similar ability level, although I would say Derek Carr is a more talented thrower of the football. Got a better arm. Not necessarily throws fewer interceptions, but um, I, I think it's odd. This feels like a, a move when you got a couple guys like bean counters, these financial guys that are like, huh, well, we've got two guys at a similar level, but one is cheaper. Let's go with the cheaper option that we already know. I mean it's it's very – like taking a scalpel and being very surgical with how you approach building a roster. Like, you know, we got Derek Carr. He's been here for years. Let's go with the guy we know that's cheaper. It's, I think it's that simple, literally. I think Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo are very similar when it comes to ability level and what they put out on the field. And the simple reality is they're like, hey, we got this big bloated Derek Carr contract. Let's move on from Derek and uh, bring in a cheaper option that's going to bring us a similar amount of production. And whatever money you save there, it goes a long way. That's a couple extra players you can add to your roster. We'll see if the Raiders take advantage of that uh, and actually do that. I don't have a lot of high hopes for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to be fine. He's going to be what he's always been. He's going to get hurt probably at some point. He's going to play okay. He's going to be very handsome in the silver and black. And, uh, I mean, gosh, you know, like, I just can't get over how much money that guy's made in his NFL career, given how little he's actually done. I mean... Yes, he went to a Super Bowl once, and yes, he took a team to two straight—or to two, two different NFC title games, but he had an amazing team around him. Jimmy Garoppolo's never been a top-ten quarterback in his entire career, and yet he's been paid very, very well. So kids, if you're growing up and you're thinking about playing running back or playing quarterback, play quarterback. You get paid way more money. It's just insane, like, how much—kind of a mid-level, mediocre quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is given how much money he's been paid. It's like, Wow. Wow. Uh, that catches your eye. I should really sit down and figure out how much money exactly he's been, he's been paid in his NFL career. I think I can, I'll look it up later. I, I, I we'll do it in the show tomorrow, I think. But for now, let's move on. Um, now, Jimmy Garoppolo's former NFL team, the 49ers, did this. The 49ers added Sam Darnold to their quarterback room. That's a loaded quarterback room. They've got you know, the starting quarterback in San Francisco is Brock Purdy the best Mr. irrelevant ever. Pick number 262, the last pick of the NFL draft and he is gosh, he's amazing. Uh, so Brock Purdy, guy who took the team within a game of the Super Bowl last year. You got Sam Darnold and you got Trey Lance a former number 3 overall pick. Now, the 49ers do not need Sam Darnold. But not only do John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan the GM and head coach respectively in San Francisco love just collecting quarterbacks, but the 49ers have learned the hard way. You need to have a plan at the backup quarterback spot. Last year, we saw not one, but two different, and then even three injuries at the quarterback position for the 49ers. We saw Trey Lance get hurt, and okay, we're fine. Trey Lance got hurt, that sucks, but we got Jimmy Garoppolo. Then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. You're like, oh my gosh, two quarterbacks. Well, we got Brock Purdy. We'll see how he can do. Oh my gosh, hey, this Brock Purdy guy is pretty good. They need to the playoff game against Philadelphia. NFC title game came to get into the Super Bowl, and Brock Purdy got hurt as well. So you need at least three quarterbacks for the 49ers, and, and maybe they needed more last year. So I like this little move. It's a quiet move. It's a, Oh, it reminds me of Mike White going to the Dolphins, where it's a little bit of depth at the quarterback position, but it's a quarterback who Sam Darnold... Kind of had a tortured NFL career, been on bad teams with bad coaches and and failed a lot that I don't think was always his fault. Certainly, this is the best situation Sam Darnold has ever been in during his NFL career. Kyle Shanahan as head coach, a lot of good players to throw to, a good team around him. Keep your eye on Sam Darnold. If he gets his opportunity this year, and maybe it's possible that Sam Darnold could start day one if Brock Purdy isn't healthy enough to play week one. But if Sam Darnold gets his opportunity in San Francisco, I think he's going to play okay and be be ready and play well. So keep your eye on Sam Darnold, a backup quarterback, a small, like, oh, kind of a footnote when you look around the NFL. But one that I think could actually be – could pay off quite, quite handsomely for the 49ers. Now, um, I think some people know this. I am from – I hate to say this. I, I really am not proud of this fact, but it's true. Uh, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, so I've got a lot of family ties there, and um, it's a city that doesn't feel like home anymore. Um, it's one that's changed a lot, but it means that all my friends are, like, really embedded in Portland sports. And Portland Trailblazer star Damian Lillard requested a trade the other day. He is uh, 32 years old. He's a great leader. He's been in Portland for 11 years, which feels like a prison sentence to me at this point. Um, but Damian Lillard's trying to get out. His his objective is to get traded to Miami. Miami's a team that lost uh, the NBA Finals in 2020 and 2023. So they, I, I think they are Damian Lillard away from maybe winning an NBA Finals instead of being the team on the losing outcome. And... I, I, am, I, hope it, I just want to say I hope it happens. I hope Damien Lillard gets traded to the Miami Heat. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But I want to praise Damien Lillard. I think it took him maybe too long. I think Damien Lillard spent he, – he's been there in Portland for 11 years. He probably was there for like five years too long. He probably should have requested a trade a long, long time ago. But either way, I, I, I have been in a bad relationship that wasn't working, and it was bad for me. And I knew when to walk away, and I, I I probably stayed in that too long as well. So, Damon Lillard, uh, you, you waited too long. I'm sorry it hurt you so much. You, you spent a lot of years of your career giving maybe the prime of your career as a player to Portland. You're 32 years old. I think you got a couple of years left. I hope you can get out and go somewhere that they're going to support you, they're going to win, um, and give you the help you need. Because I think Damien Lillard is an incredible basketball player who is a great leader, can score anytime he wants to. Um, and I want to see the guy win. I've watched him for years kind of beat his head against the wall in Portland. Have a couple big moments here and there, but never quite get where he wants. And so um, I- I'm curious if nationally people hate Damien Lillard or not. I know he's even people in Portland are kind of like, wow, like we get it, dude. Go do what you got to do. Go get yourself in a better situation. And I am – I'm rooting for Damian Lillard. I want to see him go somewhere and win and do well. And um, I give him props for, finally, what I've been hoping he would do for years, walking away from Portland and finding a situation, hopefully, that is better for him where he can win. And I am rooting hard for Damian Lillard to go to the Miami Heat. All right, guys, how are we doing? We are like 45-something minutes into the show. Um, I want to now shift to questions from Patreon. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. It is a dollar a month. Uh, Now, if you submit a question to the show, I do not guarantee to read your question on the show. My only guarantee is I look at every single question with my eyeballs. I pick the top couple to read on the show. Uh, We are going to start today with Noah. Noah writes and Noah says, hey, Zach. Hope you've been doing well. I'm glad to see you starting up SOS again. And I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I have two questions for you. Number one, if you can have one aspect of a quarterback to have, example, Aaron Rodgers' accuracy, Patrick Mahomes' improvisation, Peyton Manning's football IQ, what would you want to have and why? And number two, which quarterback do you believe will take a leap this year and surprise everyone? For me, it's either Justin Fields or Jordan Love. As they're both young, with better teams around them this year than last year. Hope you keep making the content and, content I and many others love and cherish. It would be, it would be amazing if you ever swing back California. Uh, just let me know with warm, regard, warm regards. No, I can't even read today. Oh my gosh. Um, so if I could take any aspect um, from a quarterback, what would I? do? I'd probably take Aaron Rodgers' money, Jimmy Garoppolo's looks, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo's money too, actually. Um, Tom Brady's, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, what, what's, uh, look, I don't know how to answer this cause it's not really, I don't play quarterback anymore, right? Like, uh, I would probably want to just take Patrick Mahomes improvisation. I mean, I feel like it's a j- get out of jail free card. He does whatever he wants. It's incredible. I feel like it, Patrick Mahomes is so good. If I, if I had the wrong read every time, I feel like I could just run around and make something work anyway. That's how good Patrick Mahomes is. Um, I don't, I don't really want to answer the first question. I'm not that interested in that. The one I'm really interested in is what you said. The second one was, you know, who is going to take a big leap this year and surprise everyone? The guy that comes to mind immediately at a quarterback position is actually Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. Um, do, do people remember Russell Wilson's the guy who, as a rookie, right out of college— goes to Seattle a team that that same offseason the Seattle Seahawks gave Matt Flynn a really big contract to be their starting quarterback. And in training camp, Russell Wilson beat out Matt Flynn, won the starting job, was a day one starter, and within a very short span of time, Russell Wilson took Seattle to a Super Bowl and won. I I think people have forgotten who Russell Wilson is. Maybe even Russell Wilson has forgotten who Russell Wilson is. I read Drew Brees' book, Coming Back Stronger. It's a great read. Highly recommend it. Drew Brees talks about how Sean Payton, his head coach, helped remind him who he was, gave him a lot of confidence, made him feel better about himself, and and helped him become a better quarterback. I I don't know why we don't believe Sean Payton's going to do that very same thing for Russell Wilson. Sean Payton's an incredible head coach. And we've seen Sean Payton paired up at Drew Brees do really well. Do we not think Russell Wilson and Drew Brees are very similar? Like similar stature, similar similar leaders, similar guys who are positive and upbeat? I, I think Russell Wilson's going to be incredible. I think he's going to surprise everyone. Uh, the surprise to me would be if Russell Wilson was somehow bad playing for Sean Payton this fall. That would be surprising to me. What I expect is that Russell Wilson's going to be amazing, play really well, be awesome. Um, and I, th- that's the guy who I think is going to... It seems like there's no hype around Russell Wilson. So no one's talking about him. He had a bad year last year with an embarrassment of a head coach. Probably shouldn't have even been in that situation. Like Denver was trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Denver brought in Nathaniel Hackett to be their head coach, assuming that was going to lead to them getting Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't leave Green Bay. They were kind of screwed. Like, what do we do at quarterback? And, I mean, now Nathaniel Hackett's tied to Aaron Rodgers. Nathaniel Hackett's on the Jets' offensive coordinator. I don't know that Nathaniel Hackett ever was meant to work with Russell Wilson, let alone, should Nathaniel Hackett have even been a head coach? Probably not. The dude seemed way, way out of his depth. So, let's just keep your eye on Russell Wilson. I think he's going to be awesome. All right, um... Optimistic Cyclones fan says, Hey Zach, so glad you're back on your feet. I've been praying for you. Where do I even begin? Um, I probably wasn't the first one, but I foresaw Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the Jets before it became mainstream news. History loves to repeat itself. However, I'm not sure that's good news for Jets fans. The last Packers quarterback to switch from green and gold to green and white lasted one ugly year. Personally, I'm pulling for New York as they've been through a lot. I know it's way too early, but wouldn't a Lions versus Jets Super Bowl be so much fun? Two tortured franchises battling it out for Super Bowl glory. I'm still waiting for a bengals ers rematch at Super Bowl 23, first overall versus last overall pick. Um so I the, I, the thing that comes to mind here uh it, so first of all, Jets Lions Super Bowl. That's, that's a ways away. <laughs> how, about, how about the Lions make a playoff game before we talk about them making a Super Bowl appearance? Um, and how about the Jets do the same? But it's still a fun thought. I, I, I like where you're at, uh, Cyclones fan. You're, and I cut part of your question out. You talked about the Lions later. I just cut that out. We'll read it later in the week. Um, but I, I want to talk about this idea. Just Here's what came to mind immediately. Imagine Aaron Rodgers beating the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. Like the Lions and Aaron Rodgers played each other for so many years when he was in Green Bay. I'm like, oh, good. We never to play Aaron Rodgers ever again. And then, and then, <laughs> it's kind of like if the Bills had made the Super Bowl and played Tom Brady and lost. Imagine if the Lions made the Super Bowl. They're so excited. They're so happy. And then out walks Aaron Rodgers and you're like, man, we got to play this guy again. We thought we were done with him. He left our division. I love that thought. Just the idea of, the funny, like the hilarious idea of the Lions making the Super Bowl and losing to none other than Aaron Rodgers is just a funny, funny thought to me. Uh, now, Pat Starfish writes in. Pat Starfish says, Welcome back, Zach. If there was one thing I was curious about, it's how do you think the Jets will fare with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback? Do you think that they will be a playoff team this year? Um, yeah, I think playoffs are a realistic expectation for the Jets. Uh Maybe, maybe goal is a better word because they are in a tough division. But I, I also – I've got questions about Buffalo. Um, I'm, I'm not at all impressed with the Patriots. Miami's going to be impressive, but who's better? Mike White? Sorry, Tua, who's going to start for three games and get a concussion? Or um, Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is probably the best quarterback in that division. It's you – now Josh Allen's up there pretty close. Um, that's maybe blasphemous for some people. Probably I, a lot of people are offended, I would say. Aaron Rodgers might be better than Josh Allen. I think he is. Um, I, I think Super Bowl is a little bit too high hopes, but a playoff appearance for the Jets would be a really good year for them and, and a really, I think, a realistic goal that I think is possible, achievable, and would be, frankly, very, very exciting for the New York Jets. Final question of the, of the day. Michael has a three-parter. He says, heck yeah, I can't wait. That's him responding to the show being back. What was your favorite offseason move? So favorite, what was the most surprising move, and what was the most disappointing or worst move in your opinion? So favorite moves, most surprising move, and most disappointing move. My favorite move of the NFL offseason was Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets. I mean, that's just—it's going to be a spectacle. Every week I'll probably do a segment every Monday and be like, hey guys, how did Aaron Rodgers do? good, bad, we'll find out. And and the days he plays on Monday night, I'll be sad because I can't do my Monday morning topic about Aaron Rodgers. I got to have to do it on Tuesday morning. So um, I think that's just, it's going to be so, so fascinating to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. The most surprising move to me was this. Um, The 49ers defensive coordinator position was open. And there were rumors tying Vic Fangio to Denver. And, you know, Brett Coleman, I, and him and I were talking about this in Vegas, like, was it February, March, Jan- January, maybe? Maybe it's January. I don't remember. So at some point uh, earlier in the year, Brett Coleman and I were talking about he believed that Vic Fangio was going to go to the 49ers. So I, I heard Vic Fangio being rumored maybe going to the Dolphins. I didn't believe it was going to happen. I'm like, ah, you know, wishful thinking. I'd love to see Vic Fangio coaching with Mike McDaniel down in uh, Miami, but then it happened, and that, that really surprised me. I think part of why Vic Fangio would choose Miami over Denver or San Francisco taxes for sure you're gonna, you know, your income's not taxed, that's a big deal, uh, but also warm weather it's another thing you can't beat. But the biggest reason here to me that I think the biggest reason why Vic Fangio would choose. Mike McDaniel to work with instead of Kyle Shanahan or Sean Payton. I remember when Sean McVay, the Rams head coach, first became a head coach, and he brought in Wade Phillips to be his defensive coordinator. Wade Phillips, this old, grizzled veteran defensive coach, son of Buddy Phillips, and Wade Phillips was a stabilizing force, a shoulder to lean on when he had questions, a guy a veteran presence that you could ask questions of. Like, hey, what do you, what do you think we should do here? And here's my, 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 my thought. Where is Vic Fangio's input more valued? With Sean Payton, a guy who's won a Super Bowl? With Kyle Shanahan, a coach who's been to multiple Super Bowls? Or with Mike McDaniel, a young coach in his second year, who I think seems very open to suggestions, open to, hey, you got an idea, coach? Let's listen. I think Vic Fangio is going to have a lot of influence in Miami. He doesn't want to be head coach ever again. He wants to coach defense to be left alone. He's definitely going to get that in Miami. I don't think Mike McDaniel is going to ask him to answer to him at all. He's going to say, look, you take care of your side. I'll take care of my side. And then Vic Fangio has got a good idea. Hey, you know, we should do this on fourth down. We should do this here. We should do this there. Maybe the way we travel, we should change and do this instead. I think Mike McDaniel is most likely to listen to him. Of all the coaches I listed, Kyle Shanahan, Sean Payton, Mike McDaniel, the young guy who's new to the table, Mike McDaniel, in his second year, he's most likely to listen to Vic Fangio, give him a role, a role of influence. I think that's why Vic Fangio went to the Dolphins. I was surprised it happened. I thought he was going to go to the 49ers or Denver. I was hopeful he would go to Miami, and I was very, very glad to see that he did. Now, the most disappointing story of the NFL offseason. <sighs> Jalen Hurts signed a five-year, $255 million contract. <sighs> oh, man. Okay. I, hey, I'm happy for his wallet. Good for him. But the audacity of him to say that, hey, now that I signed this big contract, the focus is on winning. Okay. Good luck paying your teammates. There's no extra money. I mean, I I just, these these quarterbacks that take these insane, massive deals, that's great for them. But I, in the same breath, say, now let's win. It's like, well, how are you going to pay your teammates? How are you going to build the great team around you? I thought if anyone was going to take a little less money to build a great team around him, it was going to be Jalen Hurts, and uh, he didn't do that. I don't blame the guy. Like, you get offered a ton of money, like, I wouldn't turn it down. I understand. I understand it. I'm just disappointed. I thought that if any young quarterback was going to take the team-friendly deal, it might be Jalen Hurts. Now, Jalen Hurts was underpaid. He was a second-round pick who got underpaid for a long time as a starting quarterback. He's making up that money now. I get it. I understand it. But it is still like, man, I was hoping. I really believed this might be the guy. And he didn't do it. And that made me disappointed. So uh, favorite move, Aaron Rodgers. Most surprising move, Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator of Miami. Most disappointing move was Jalen Hurts signing a $255 million contract. A guy who is, I love Jalen Hurts. He's not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I don't know. I, does he deserve to be the highest paid or one of the top paid? Like, so it's a weird, we live in a weird world. That, um, is he top 10? Is he top 10? I, I don't know, man. I, I, that's, a, that's a topic for tomorrow. I'll try to think of who, who are the, who would I, who would I, so Mahomes, Rodgers, Josh Allen. Oh, man, is Russell Wilson better than Jalen Hurts? That's a fun question. I don't know. Matthew Stafford's better. Oh, man. Oh, man, you know what? Maybe he is a top 10. It's an interesting i got to sit down on paper and really think this through, but I'm interested, you know, is is Jalen Hurts a top 10 quarterback? It's such a fun question. Uh, We'll we'll answer that tomorrow. I'm really interested in that. Anyway, guys, I was disappointed. I saw him take a lot of money. I was like, that seems like an incredibly high amount of money for Joe Burrow's better. Lamar Jackson's better. Man, just like $255 million. He's better than Dak. I'll give him that. But man, I I was just like, I was flabbergasted that that's how much money Jalen Hurts made. Um, Happy for the guy. Still disappointing. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to end it here. Um, I love you. I appreciate you. Please do not blow your hands off tomorrow on 4th of July. Fireworks are dangerous. Be smart. Be careful. I watch videos all the time of like firework fails. I encourage you to watch them tonight. Instill the fear of God in you a little bit to like, hey, we should be careful with fireworks. They're a little bit sketchy. Yeah, I mean, it's an explosive in your hand. Don't forget that. Be careful. Be smart. Patreon.com forward slash Zach Schombler. Please support me. Um, you know, got a roommate, gotta pay the rent. Please help me out. Love you. I appreciate you. Have a great day. But I'm bum bam, we are.